0: The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Atal Design, your premium mobility and product design partner since 1968. Atal Design inspires, integrates, develops, and produces the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions. Hello and welcome to the Automotive
1: News Europe podcast for June 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at AE. So happy you could be here today. Late last year, VDL Nedcar got a punch in the stomach. BMW said it would end production of the X1 crossover and two mini models at the contract manufacturer's plant in the Netherlands. The Dutch company is familiar with the ups and downs of coach building after more than 50 years in the sector, during which time it has also produced cars for Volvo, Smart, in Mitsubishi. Nedcar's relatively new CEO, John von Sorland, who arrived from tech giant Philips in December 2019, is now actively looking for the right customer or customers to fill BMW's pending void. He says that Nedcar is talking to a wide range of startups in the US and China, as well as an array of traditional automakers in Europe. He likens the process to the fairy tale where lots of frogs need to be kissed to determine which one will turn into something more than a frog. We'll let him explain. Hi, John. Thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast.
2: Hi, Doug. How are you doing?
1: Fantastic. So glad you could make it. I'd like to get started today with a question about what's the current situation at the plant
2: yeah, I think as you uh, probably uh, heard and read, we are working for BMW. We are still fully loaded for BMW, but unfortunately, uh, BMW inf- informed us uh, by the end of last year that they are going to terminate the contract with us. So that means that we will continue producing till the end of 23, and then by the end of 23, our factory will be uh, empty, the way it looks right now. But till that time, we. Will still run significant volumes, both on the mini as well as on the BMW.
1: For listeners who may not know which models are you building?
2: Uh, we do uh, let's say the mini, we do the uh, convertible, and we do the countryman, and on the uh, on the BMW we do the uh, the X one.
1: I know you don't want to speak for them, but I also know that you guys have had a very open relationship. Can you give us some idea on whether the pandemic had anything to do with the decision they made?
2: From a business perspective, as you said, the relation between BMW and uh, VDL Netcar has been uh, very professional in that sense. And obviously, BMW, like any other OEM, they uh, were hit quite badly by the pandemic. Uh, You saw worldwide car sales going down. And obviously, BMW also had to to change gear, you know, to anticipate on that. And that is definitely also one of the reasons why they had to reconsider the situation with VDL Netcar. Now, obviously, that was and is a big disappointment for us. But as you see in many other OEMs, uh, you see a lot of uh, idle capacity with the various OEMs around the globe as a consequence of the the pandemic. Fortunately, uh, we see things uh, picking up now. Uh, we also see, let's say, the, the the volumes that we get in now from BMW, we see them gradually going up again. So I think that's good news for the whole automotive world uh, and for BMW and uh, to a certain extent also for us.
1: Now, we at Automotive News Europe see you as a vehicle producer, but you produce a lot more than just a, a passenger cars. Can you tell us a little bit about the other work that you're doing and also how you are transitioning into becoming a maker of alternative powertrain vehicles such as electric cars and plug-in hybrids?
2: Well, you asked me earlier on about uh, the models that, that we produce here in uh, in Boren. Obviously, we already also do the PHEV version of the of the Mini, uh, we, we have experience with that as well here. But VDL, I think one of the very nice things of, of VDL is it's a conglomerate of many activities. A lot of people, especially your audience, of course, they're familiar with, uh, with VDL Netcar. But as it is, you know, VDL is a conglomerate of 100 plus companies with a lot of capabilities, a lot of competencies in the automotive space and beyond. So in that sense, you know, we are also active in uh, already for a very long time in in, uh, vehicle uh, personnel, uh, transportation, buses, coaches. We also have quite some experience for a long time already with um, autonomous uh, vehicles because we we provide solutions for big harbors like Rotterdam, you know, with the AGVs where containers are uh, moved autonomously. But also we have already quite some experience in the whole battery arena. We're investing in production lines for assembly, eh, battery packs. But I think what also makes us interesting for parties that we we have conversations with now is that from our heritage as VDL, we also uh, have a lot of expertise in uh, sheet metal making, uh, construction in in metal. So in that sense, we could almost be a one-stop shop as a VDL for future partners. And it's much more than just the assembly of a personnel vehicle.
1: How are you using some of the skills and the wide palette of options that you have available to lure new customers?
2: Now, what you see happening now, uh, obviously, we are very busy, very engaged in uh, talking to potential new uh, partners. And, you know, that range varies from uh, traditional OEMs to, uh, startups in, in different phases of maturity. And especially in that uh, in that second category, you come across parties that you know have a great design, have a great innovative design. Sometimes are a bit further already with respect to feasibility. But what they're actually asking for is they're looking for a partner who could do the assembly but who could also do the supply chain, who could do the, uh, the, me- the mechanical parts, the electronical parts, plastic parts, and so on. They also, uh, in in quite some uh, situations, they ask, you know, uh, can you do a a battery pack assembly? And, you know, on most of these questions, we can immediately say yes. And the other great thing about VDL Netcar in this case is that we do have, let's say, 50 plus years experience in the automotive world. Uh, So we can help and we can offer uh, quite a bit to these partners in terms of, okay, this is how you could set up your supply chain or whatever. And that resonates with quite a few of these guys that we're talking to right now.
1: I know you can't name names because that would be not a good thing, but can you give us a few hints as to who you are speaking with, maybe from a geographical perspective, just to maybe whet our appetite for what might be coming down the road in the future?
2: Of course, you're right. I mean uh, it would not uh, be the right thing to do to uh, to come up with any names, uh, not for us and not for those partners. but I say it quite often to my colleagues uh, here that basically we are we are talking around the globe so we can follow the the sunrise so indeed, we are talking to potential partners in um, in Asia, and obviously uh, uh, as you know as well, there's a lot of startups in, um, in 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 china especially in the in the electrical uh, uh, area of course per today already china is 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 a huge player in the automotive world in terms of volume so many of these uh, partners there are established uh, brands in, uh, in in china and they they are spreading their wings now towards the rest of the world and they're looking for partners you know to get a, a footprint in uh, in for instance in europe now, the way this usually works uh, is, of course, they first need to get their, their, their sales channels in place and then next step is usually, uh, you know, you talk about SKD uh, steps and then somewhere there's a, a tipping point also from a business economics point of view where uh, it actually becomes interesting, you know, to do the full scale assembly. Now we have a number of um, of those partners uh, talking to us. and. Um, Again, I'm sure you will be able to fill in all the dots, uh, which ones they are. At the same time, you know, going to the other side of the world, you see similar effects now in, in the US. Uh, also in the US, there's a, a huge thing going on right now for electrical vehicles. Besides Mr. Musk, uh, there's a lot of interest there as well. Basically, same story. They start out from, from the US and they want to get a, a footprint in Europe, obviously with different models. Because on average, you know, the European vehicle is is slightly different than the average uh, American vehicle. But also there, I mean, uh, there's a lot of interest uh, coming from that side. And as I said before, you know, also uh, we are still uh, uh, talking to traditional European OEMs in in Europe as well. And besides that, uh, you see that the, the options in the automotive world are almost sliding coming together in terms of technical solutions because the division between a, a personnel vehicle car and commercial vehicles, even uh, 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 trucks or whatever, you know, that, that division is is, is is more and more fading. Uh, so that means that also in, in that area uh, we are having our conversations. So that goes beyond SEC, the, the, the personnel vehicle.
1: We'll continue our conversation with John von Surlund after this message.
0: Since 1968, Atal Design has been pioneering the road of mobility, putting forward distinctive design and innovative technological solutions. Itel Design knows how to implement customers ideas, creating iconic and functional products that effectively improve the approach to mobility. Ital Design today offers services to support customers in achieving their targets, styling and creativity with virtual reality and immersive user experience. Vehicle development from components to whole product, from concept to production. Electric and electronics development and artificial intelligence serving e-traction. Vehicle network HMI, and autonomous driving, assembly, and construction of models, show cars, prototypes, and small series. Ital Design adopts a flexible approach to match products and services to customer needs, providing lean development process to established OEMs, acting as a system integrator and technology enabler with newcomers and defining product creation processes and strategies to startups. Ital Design inspires the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions, paving the way towards a better life for all. To learn more about how Ital Design moves the industry, visit its website at www.italdesign.it. In
1: 2021, as you go out there and try to lure new customers for your services, what are they asking for most often? What's the most common ask?
2: What you see with uh, especially the, the, the new players in this arena is they're looking for flexibility. Now, Of course, huh, they, they will all start with small numbers. Well, small numbers as compared to, you know, what you're used to with the traditional OEMs. And all these guys have great plans, you know, for the future, ramping up, et cetera. So what, what these partners or potential partners typically ask for is uh, how fast can you ramp up how fast can you be in terms of uh, uh, model changes? what's your flexibility in terms of running different models next to each other basically in the same line? Can you do what I already mentioned before? Can you also do a battery pack assembly because you know the the, the battery pack is a, is a huge thing it's a, it's a heavy thing and you don't want to drag that around to, across the globe if if not needed so I think those are typically the the questions that come up in the conversations we have with uh, the the new players in the in the field
1: and is there a particular cutoff point where they say okay this is the point where production starts to make sense i know again it's variable uh, depending on the automaker but is there a number that you've seen consistently as the threshold where they say okay now it makes sense to start building locally
2: I, I cannot give one generic answer, I think, uh, to that question. Uh, again, it all depends on what the origin is of of this potential partner. It depends where he is located right now in the world, where, where he has his main uh, production facility. Uh, and then obviously it uh, it then also de- uh, depends on 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 the volume that he foresees forecasts for a typical model. So yeah, it, basically you can, build, you can build a spreadsheet around it and you know put in the, the various um, uh, numbers and, uh, and your variables and then for them, it's, it's a matter of business economics. It's really a matter of business economics for them.
1: Okay. And I guess a lot depends on the automaker. If you're talking about someone that does only maybe 10,000 units a year because it's a very highly exclusive model, they want to come into Europe even a 1,000 units might be viable for that person, whereas a volume company might not want to come to you until they're doing fifty to 100,000. Would that be a fair estimation?
2: I think that's a very fair estimation. And indeed, you know, and that's why, you know, some of these guys also come up with questions for flexibility, um, uh, flexibility in volume, but also flexibility in in, in number of models. Uh, Yeah, obviously, you do have customers that are looking for exclusive models, you know, tens, tens of thousands or 10,000. Uh, and again, you know, you have to do the math and see whether it makes sense for them, for us, uh, you know, to engage.
1: Uh, John, with the move into electrification and you've talked about the battery being so important, uh, how much are you able to also transfer from what you're doing with other partners, perhaps in the bus and the truck industry?
2: Yeah, so good question, Doug. So uh, absolutely. Uh, we do get a lot of uh, questions around electrification with partners that we're talking to right now and we can uh, pull in uh, our colleagues from uh, VDL Bus & Coach because these guys have a long heritage already in, in the Bus & Coach business, but especially in the electrification, VDL is really a front runner uh, when it comes to uh, to buses and coaches. Uh, a lot of expertise there, and obviously, uh, we utilize that to the full whenever we have conversations in electrification for personnel vehicles or other types of vehicles. Uh, uh, we bring those uh, those guys in.
1: I'd like to circle back to something you mentioned about the autonomous vehicle, and um, there are a lot of companies out there that perhaps people don't immediately start thinking of as a auto company, because they're looking at last mile solutions. And that might be an opportunity for you to use your, your sheet metal skills, your plastic skills, the Amazons of the world, the UPSs of the world, and the fact that they're probably going to want these last mile vehicles to be autonomous. How do those worlds come together and how is that potentially an opportunity for you folks?
2: Well, again, you know, depending on um, where exactly the, um, the, the partners that we're engaging with uh, want to go. But we do also bring in um, our expertise that we have in the AGV world. Uh, VDL is a, a large uh, player uh, in the automated, um, automated guided vehicles in, in solutions for, for, for harbours, etc. You know, uh, one of the biggest harbours in the world, uh, Rotterdam, as you know, we have, uh, let's say, fully inst- um, installed over there the uh, AGV solution uh, for the uh, Rotterdam harbour. Now, obviously, the technology that you apply there, we can uh, utilize again in any uh, uh, conversation, i.e. solution, that our potential partners are looking for when it comes to electrification of cars.
1: I'd like to switch gears for a second. I had a fascinating discussion with Magnus Steyr President Frank Klein, not that long ago. And he said something that really kind of caught my interest was that at Magnus Steyr they can't just take on every single customer. They have to be quite selective, and we talked a little bit about that. Can you tell me a little bit about how do you come to your decisions on who's going to make the cut and become a customer of yours?
2: Well, I think that's a very good point, uh, Doug, and actually uh, that might even be mo- one of the most challenging uh, things in my, in my job. As you said correctly, how are we going to make these choices? Uh, because we do have to uh, be uh, selective. Every now and then, I make the comparison uh, when I when I get this question. I said, you know, it's all about the the fairy tale of the um, of the kissing frogs. So, which frogs should we kiss? Uh, which ones turn into real princes or princesses? Uh, I prefer, and and which ones will only stay nice frogs? Now, because the decisions you make have consequences that go into the future for for many, many years. I mean, you do have to do large investments uh, either by yourself or with partners or whatever. And the other thing that you mentioned uh, very truly is we're looking at, let's say, the employment for our uh, for our staff. I think that's another uh, major thing for for VDL and, and one of the very nice things about VDL. Employment of our personnel goes uh, uh, above any, anything else. So, yeah, we're also interested in long term employment for our staff. And well, I cannot give a, a simple recipe for how are we doing these decisions, but you do have to do your homework very well. You have to assess, let's say, the plans that a potential partner puts on the table. We uh, we do our own math uh, we make the comparison and in that way we try to uh, to come up with the best plan which uh, which uh, frogs to kiss and which to uh, to let go but yeah that's i think maybe mo- one of the most challenging things uh, you're absolutely right
1: with the constant change of this industry and so many players coming into the mix it would appear to me are there more frogs than ever out there that you have to test
2: absolutely you know, I'm, I'm um, in this business for a relatively short period, especially if I compare it to, uh, uh, to my staff. You know, As I said, uh, some of these guys, uh, they've worked their entire life in the automotive industry. But also from them, I hear that the situation out there is nothing compared to what they ever experienced before. And I think it's, it's, it's driven uh, largely because of the electrification, uh, new technical solutions are popping up now. You also see clearly that the traditional OEM industry is also really going into a transformation phase, uh, some a bit quicker than some others. And of course, they had a great tradition, but at the same time, that's also becoming a legacy for them now. Because they do have their footprint, they do have their and that's an opportunity for all these new startups because they don't have the legacy, you know, they can start with a clean sheet of paper and make their plan. And they're looking for the flexibility. So, and then they come to, uh, for instance, a VDL netcar because we do have the facility. And yeah, there's a lot of frogs out there, more than probably ever before. So um, that's a challenge. Yeah.
1: You have to invest in a lot of chapstick, I would imagine. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) All right. I think on that note, we'll wrap things up and I will extend a very warm thank you to you, John, for spending the time with us today and joining us on the Automotive News Europe podcast.
2: And thank you, Doc, for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: We reached John von Sorland at his office in Born, Netherlands. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit Europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at Europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for June 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bulldog, Managing Editor at ANE. Thanks so much for spending time with us. We hope you'll tune in again soon.